0: So this week we are reviewing a film called Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds. It's uh, this is a property that is uh, was a 20th Century Fox production. Whenever the whole merger went down, it was in the hopper already, and so now it is a a Disney Fox production. Still, still 20th Century Studios, but that's one of the main reasons it got delayed because due to the Contract stipulations. I didn't realize this. Due to the contract stipulations that they had in place when the merger went down for projects that were already rolling, it couldn't go to Disney Plus. So it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed until it finally came out and dropped in theaters August 13th. And uh, now we finally got a chance to feast our eyes on it. And uh, we're here to review it for you. So, Kirk. Whenever you are ready, my friend, you can go ahead and synapse free guy.
1: Beautiful. I love who said, whenever I was ready, like, you know, should I, you know, go? get up and get a drink yeah pause
0: or, yeah you know, yeah whatever you need to real do real
1: quick um power yeah, pose take all the time Ooh, power pose i like this i like this i'll go ahead and kick us off free guy stars mr ryan reynolds himself and jody comer along with other people such as taika waititi uh little ray Howry we've got joe carey you know him as steve from uh stranger things Channing janning Tatum in his is in here there's so many people in this movie. There are so many surprises in this movie, happy surprises that I think you'll you'll love. Uh, and on the cover, the only person I didn't mention, um, I'm going to miss his name up. He's from Pitch Perfect as the beatboxer. Uh, you know him, but his name is Utkarsh um, Budkar. So he's just phenomenal in everything he does. So thanks for being in this film too. This movie is about a guy and more... More specifically, it's about a video game character, uh, if you will, uh, numbers, ones, and zeros. He is an NPC, which is a non playable character in a video game. I had to uh, look that one up after the fact. But I knew that he was a background character, this Ryan Reynolds guy. So we get uh, immersed into what it would be like inside the lives of video game characters who just see chaos erupting around them. Uh, Think of it like uh, one of my favorite references the very first Spider Man. uh, Uh, On PlayStation, where you could just swing around the city, you could bump into people, you could shoot people with webs, and sometimes it would stick, sometimes it wouldn't. Just those background characters, that chaos happens to them. Uh, Also, Grand Theft Auto, where people love to just destroy the civilians in any way, shape, or form they can, uh, because we're monsters at the core uh, of our our ids. Uh, So this movie reflects on that and what it would be like in the eyes of these background characters. And more importantly, what would it be like if one of those non-playable characters suddenly woke up? What would they want? What would they need? What would they dream? And this is what we get out of Guy, again, played by Mr. Ryan Reynolds. We get, uh, uh, immersed into this world but we also see the real world from the creators of this game uh, led by Joe Keery and Jody Comer and they they play uh, their avatars into the game to kind of manage it and try to also uh, retrieve the original um, uh, algorithm and the original uh, plot of their game that got sold and kind of just monopolized in a very commercial way. So it's a very lovely tale uh, about um, about identity and hope, uh, all immersed again in this video game world, which I was happily surprised with.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, it's it it's very Grand Theft Auto esque. I would say it reminds me of like Grand Theft Auto Online, but also. I mean, if you play video games, there's there's a lot here for you to to relate it to. There's there's plenty of different Easter eggs and fun bits for you to chew on in this movie. You know, it felt a little bit, you know, there's a bit of a Fortnite vibe there with the different skins and the dances people were doing and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, uh, player unknowns battlegrounds and and but definitely GTA was was the vibe that I was getting. And it's um, it's a very fun world they built. Really, it it, it it came to life. From storyboard to screen, really well, and I think that that's that's hard to do. Honestly, it, it doesn't seem like it would be hard to do, but I, I think it. I think it really is. So great synopsis there, Kirk. Well, Thank while you. you're while you have the floor, why don't you kick us off with your Oscar and and telling us who the Oscar goes to for you? I will.
1: The Oscar easily goes to Mr. Ryan Reynolds. He is someone who in his early career, if you followed him, uh, really, really tried hard to be what people expected of him. He is this tall, handsome man, and they expected him to be the, the leading man, which he still very much so is, but he doesn't have to be your typical your typical lead actor or what you would expect he's he's just phenomenal he really it, he really just exudes his own self uh, throughout all of his roles and that that's enough uh it doesn't work like that for everybody but that's enough for uh ryan reynolds think of it also similar to uh i like to think of adam sandler in this way although we've seen him take on more Uh, more more recently a dramatic kind of uh, hunger to take on roles like that. But mostly he's just playing himself and just kind of barely pivoting to make it seem like He's uh, he's really diving into a new character, but I love that about Ryan Reynolds that he can do that with such ease and mock himself and uh, just play with everything around him, and also be truthful to the uh, to the the source uh, the, of the of the script. So I, I really appreciated all of his movements in this. Uh, right out the gate, he almost looks like a Sims character walking through, uh, more like a Sims character than than a, an NPC character because of his like straight arms and everything but i I thought that he just really did an incredible job and as he was becoming more aware of the world around him watching that uh path in his eyes and in his uh just full full scope of movement and, and attitude was really special so bravo ryan reynolds bravo
0: yeah, good call. I'm going to go in a different direction for my Oscar and give it to Miss Jodie Comer, who I thought was was excellent. I am not someone who's gotten the chance to check out Killing Eve. I say gotten the chance. I mean, I could have watched it if I wanted to by now, for sure. Uh, but I haven't made that decision to watch it yet. It's definitely on my list. But I so this was really some of my first exposure to Jodie Comer in, in a in a leading role, and I thought she was phenomenal. I really did. I thought she was so good. She has the unique opportunity in this movie to play both herself in the real world and her avatar in the game. And 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 there are other there are other actors who do the same thing, but she does it for large portions of the film. And something that I really keyed in on with her performance is how. And it's a, it's a it's a great social commentary too that's kind of layered in there which is that when she was in her character she talked much more confidently and was much more like in your face. You know, her character is like this very cool like sunglasses wearing, dual pistols carrying uh, chick who just like takes names and destroys. She's like level 195 or something in this game and so she just wrecks people. Um But in, in the real world, she is still very much like, um, confident and intelligent and things like that. But her mannerisms are totally different in the real world than her character in the game. And the way that she addresses people and talks to people in the real world is different than the way that she talks to specifically Guy, Ryan Reynolds' character in the game. So I loved that from a nuanced perspective, this idea that people are a little bit different online. They're different when they're this avatar, um that was that was a fun piece, but even just within that, if you talk about the the pure raw emotional aspect of it, she she brought it and, and she never seemed like she was overacting or was over the top for the moment. I think she probably, her and Ryan Reynolds' characters were asked to do the most from an emotional an emotional perspective, and I think that you have to understand really well the tone of the film that you're in and, and read that and execute well against it. And I thought that she did that excellently. I think that I think um, you know direction could have something to do with that as well. But she's a world class actor. I know she's getting tons of big gigs. She's going to be in the Last Duel with um, Matt Damon and Adam Driver and Ben Affleck coming up, and obviously got snagged lots of nominations for killing Eve over the years uh, at the Emmys and whatnot. So um, she, she's well decorated, but I was really excited to have this opportunity to, to check her out live and in person on this film. And I thought she was excellent. I thought she was, was far and away the best in my opinion. All right. Beautiful. Let's move over to scene stealer. There were tons of options, tons of little small parts and, and and this movie is really funny. So there were tons of chances for people to come in and deliver a one liner that, you know, just knocks you on the floor and and get out of there. So I'll be interested to hear uh, who we each picked.
1: This one is super tough. It's not even fair that uh, I have to make this decision right now. I, uh, whatever i pick is wrong let's just put that out there right now whatever <laughs> i select I like is I like i'm it. going to change it next week maybe <laughs> on social when we drop the episode i'll say edit my actual scene stealer is xyz and i'll change it every day um i will i mean i, I want to say that jody jody comer I can't pick her as my scene stealer because she was so good that she would have, she was in the running for best actor. And sometimes, sometimes I think I intersplice those as best actor, best supporting. So I can't pick her in this because she wasn't a supporting character. I dig Um, that. but, But what I will say is someone who, Uh, who was a supporting character would have been her love interest go Joe Keery, you know, Steve from um, uh, stranger things, you know, he plays a character named keys. He's the other co-creator of the, their original world, her and her and uh, sorry, him and Millie, they make this game together. They they're like these uh, just these prodigies uh, of coding and, and video games. That's what they do. And seeing him get to bounce back and forth in a very different light uh, from his avatar and into his uh, very uh, reserved uh, coder world, you know, uh, software engineer world. I thought that was a, a, an especially great side that I've never seen of him. We haven't got to see Joe Keery in a lot of uh, a lot of movies yet, probably because his his uh, Stranger Things uh, schedule is crazy. But I really enjoyed seeing him uh, most notably right out the get-go when they're trying to uh, destroy Guy at the top of this movie uh, when he plays he plays a copy hops in with um, Budkar, uh, um, Budkar, uh who plays Mouser in this film they hop in and there he <laughs> and he plays this horrifying peak bunny uh, as you see in the image next to us and uh, <laughs> Joe Curie uh, has his, his thick beautiful hair slicked back and just again I'm super impressed with the movement of this film they really paid a lot of attention to it and joe keery had very very different mannerisms between avatar and real world and it was all so well thought out and the characters were so well developed so joe keery i'm looking at you you were all hair in stranger things and you got better with every season. And I, I was excited to see you in this. So I don't know what's left. uh What else you got there uh, in, in the cage there, but I want to see it unleashed. Let's go.
0: Yeah. I like it. I, I think, yeah, I've been sort of waiting for this Joe Curie performance. I've been sort of waiting for something outside of the stranger things realm, something that challenges him. I think it was interesting, but solid casting by the casting director to choose him because it is a more reserved role and I, and I thought he killed it I really did I thought I think that's a great choice um, all that said I'm going in a different direction I'm going with a uh, you know uh, our, our traditional definition of the scene stealer was like a surprise performance or something that like I don't know it, it can mean any number of things but for me I'm going with something that's closer to the traditional definition and I'm going with Channing Tatum which I never <laughs> would have guessed but Channing Tatum doesn't get very much screen time in this movie, but man, does he ever make the most of it. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. He's actually the first in-game character that we see in Free City, and he's sort of, you know, the the character that they're showing go through, but he comes back later, uh, and hit the person who plays him, like he's an avatar for somebody else, and they've got this great back and forth. It's like some nerdy guy who's like living in his parents' house still, you know, and is is a streamer, and so Channing Tatum is, like, having to be his avatar, which is, like, confident, cool, like, very Channing Tatum, but also that guy, like, whenever that guy's yelling at his mom and stuff, he has to play that as well, and something that people don't appreciate very much about Channing Tatum, or, or something I don't hear people talk about enough with Channing Tatum, is that he is pound for pound, like, one of the better comedic actors that we have, like, he is really good comedically, in the 21 and 22 Jump Street, his comedic timing is hilarious, his delivery is impeccable, and he is absolutely, like, knocks me on the floor every time I watch those movies, and he always does a good job, he even has, like, voice performances in, um, He plays Superman, I think in, in the Lego movie and is like, has this banter (laughs) with Jonah Hill who plays the green lantern and it's hilarious. Um, he really is underrated comedically as an actor and he got another chance to showcase that here. And I was just rolling the whole scene where they're in the, the stash house and he's, he's walking them through everything. It's So funny. So, so funny. And he was, uh, he was a very welcome addition to this movie that I was not expecting, but absolutely loved. So Channing Tatum for me.
1: When they brought him back to the stash house, I thought we were done with him. I thought it was, you know, what what do we see? Who is it in Austin Powers 2 uh, where we see the beginning on the motorcycle and then we never see them again? You know, it's just like a mockery, right? So that's what it felt like, you know, and the <laughs> fact that he came back dancing in, oh, in all so his good. glory. so good. I was just floored. I loved it. I loved it. He was fantastic.
0: Yes. All right. Now let's move out of acting and over to the production itself. Let's talk about Showstopper. Kirk, what was your Showstopper in Free Guy?
1: Gosh, I mean, easy. The world building on this. I mean, there wasn't a moment where you where you weren't connected to the world um there were moments in this movie where you were actually disconnected from some of the actors uh it's almost like they spent a little too much time on world building but at any given moment you could just like scan your eyes around them if it was kind of a dull dialogue moment or whatever and you'd be like hey that's pretty cool uh i wonder if they're going to come out with a video game called free guy i would love to play this whether it's on <laughs> ios or, or if it's on on xbox or playstation or what have you so kind uh, top to bottom there was nothing that was missed there was nothing that um didn't make sense from a video game standpoint because you can do literally anything in a video game and so they brought those typical uh tropes about those ideas of what what is standard and what's most familiar to connect you with that world to then bring the stories into it um things things like coffee shops, things like uh, the way the robberies happen. Someone gets thrown through a window, the bank gets robbed Um, things like how the cars moved, how they looked when they were getting bashed. And um, it was also funny because you could clearly tell, uh, this was really specific. You could clearly tell, When the when uh, Channing Tatum's beautiful blue car, whatever kind of car it was, was bashing up against other cars, the way that they scraped against and his car remained perfectly un uh, unscratched, like the way they CGI'd that was intentional, and I loved how they did it because it really did look like a video game versus a, a realistic. Uh, take on if I was living in a video game world, what would it look like? No, we were still in the video game. So the world building just just in, absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, the one that the one that I think about on that topic is the ragdoll physics. There, there's a couple times <laughs> where where Guy gets like, you know, dropped from really high or gets hit by a car and then also hit by another car while he's in midair, and the way that they do the <laughs> physics of his body is like. Heavily CGI, but like exactly how it would look in a video game and the way that his body like lands on the ground with his leg like bent all the way behind him. It's it's hilarious and and straight out of a video game.
1: Wasn't there like an an early like iOS game that was like that where it like the it was like a stick guy or like just like a very a guy with like no bones basically was like falling and you just kind of had to drag him to avoid.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or something. Yeah. yeah. There's also like the running simulator. Where yes, have you ever played yes. that? Where it's like it's like impossible to do, but like one button is the knee joint, and the and the other buttons are the ankle joints, and you have to try to make your guy run. And it, yeah, it was like very similar to that uh, physics whenever he's like ragdolling around. So um, yeah, that 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 all that world building and, and the attention to detail was good, and it's stuff that could be easily overlooked in a film like this. I think um, okay, my showstopper. I am going with, instead of something they did do, I'm going with something they didn't do that actually stole the show for me, which is they did not get lost in the novelty of their idea. How many times have we seen it? A good idea is not enough to make a good movie. It's just not. So many people have what appears to be a really original, really funny idea or really an idea with tons of novelty that's just very original and and, and somebody comes up with it and you're like, wow, that's genius. I got to check out that movie. But then you go to see the movie and you find out that they had some great ideas and some great storyboards for specific set pieces, but they didn't have a great plot running through the middle of that. And in this movie, they didn't make that mistake. They didn't get lost in the novelty of the idea. They built the world to the extent that they needed it to, to be funny and effective and 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 to deliver the plot. But the world was working for the plot and not backwards. You know, like the, the plot was never lost in the whole thing. And it actually ended up being a much more thoughtful plot than, you know, I was expecting, to be quite honest with you. You know, just seeing this, um, the plot revolves around the fact that their code got... Um, you know bought by a different company and then they were supposed to not use the code in their game. And, and the, in the game that, um, Joe curious character and Jody Comer's character, the game that they built was heavily based on characters like growing and learning and developing through AI. And then that AI got integrated into this game and they were trying to prove that it was in there and guy was that proof and, and it all just sort of built out really nicely. And it was really well structured and, and, and really well balanced, honestly, and at no point were they just relying on cheap gimmicks just for the sake of them being cheap gimmicks. They were always doing it as a way to help the plot work better. So, that I think that's half the battle <laughs> with a movie like this is just don't get lost in the novelty of the idea. So many people do it. And it's not charming, and it's not cute, and it doesn't make for a good movie. So it just ends up ruining it. And here you have this awesome idea that's just squandered. But in this case, they were really careful to not do that, and um, I thought that was a very mature filmmaking choice. So I was I was proud of them for that.
1: Which is pretty impressive, um, because uh, I pulled up the the creative team on here. The writer shocking um that this that part pulled together so well matt lieberman uh wrote the screenplay he also wrote the recent 2020 screenplay scoob which is like the scooby-doo yeah. baby version and it's terrible do not <laughs> let your children watch this i'm telling you <laughs> don't what let them watch this when they're a little older when they're a little older because this is like his redemption i mean he must have just watched that and said how could i How could I? And then you have the director who's had some pretty big stinkers, but some pretty cool stuff too. He was on like, he was like basically OG Nickelodeon, OG um, Disney Channel original series. I mean, he wrote six, uh, directed six episodes of The Secret World of Alex Mack and The Journey of Alan Strange, which are absolute bangers of shows i wish um that's i believe those are probably on paramount plus which that's what's probably going to get me to watch uh to order that uh, episodes of so weird he directed most of uh, the famous jet jackson with lee thompson young and the movie itself and i think that's I, I was interested in that one because in you have a big dichotomy in, in the famous jet jackson of actor versus uh movies superhero superstar and there's a little bit of that Uh, that play since we have you know the different worlds the avatar and and the real people so um, very shocking that this all played out so well given the creative team, uh, because they're not like, oh, it's Martin Scorsese directing Free Guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's very impressive.
0: Well, and what's hilarious is that one of the films in the director's filmography, it, or, or one of the franchises, is Night at the Museum, which is yes. a textbook example of exactly what I'm talking about, of getting yes. lost in the novelty of your idea. You watch that movie, and you go, ooh, cool idea. Let's see how they pull this together. And then you realize the plot is really thin and actually doesn't make sense and is a little bit convoluted. And so you have these cool set pieces with, you know, Theodore Roosevelt and, you know, Sacagawea and all these different things that they're doing. But the plot falls short, and so the movie falls short. And that, I felt like, was the mistake. I feel like they did not make that mistake with this movie, and, and, right. and that's something that you see happen so often. So
1: Yes, very good, very good. Yeah, they learned from their mistakes, and they must have had uh, the strategy session like, hey, I hated your movie, blah, blah, blah. And this <laughs> uh, this episode you directed of uh, <laughs> of blah, blah, blah sucked. Hey, let's fix that, and let's come out as ballers. And I think they did on this one, and I, I hope they continue to just succeed uh, on their path forward
0: yeah for sure for sure all right let's move over to director shoes and what, what
1: what if i is, said the opposite what if i said man i really these guys did great but i hope they suck the next time they come at this i hope they just absolutely
0: bah. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty dark that would be pretty dark kirk I don't, I don't know what i would think of you after that but i do want to hear what thoughts and critiques you have for this creative team now that we've given them their flowers
1: I do they have lots of flowers but man this movie did seem too long it is a two-hour movie and it did not need to be we got all of the all of the tricks all of the um the the world building all of the the correct progressive plot points and correct um character developments that we that were possible and then it just got kind of slow. It, it, then they started to lose trust in their audience. It came around the time when a uh, guy takes Jody Comer's character. Uh, is it Missy right out to Millie. The, the Millie out to the kind of the, the end of the, of the game and this the exit of the world where there's uh, the, the ice cream, the bubble gum ice cream and everything. And while it could have been more powerful, they, they take so such care trying to hide the secret that this was, wor- this was, world was built because of keys. Like that's the, that's the epiphany. We know that we, we get, we get that that's where it's going to go, but they try to like push it down. They like mention it and they're like, nah, it's just, we're just here. We're just talking. We might kiss. We're, we're going through this. And I felt like if they would have leaned into that a little more or not tried to, Uh, give us a red herring that it wasn't that that we were going to see you know in you know 45 minutes later I felt like that was a missed opportunity there because it didn't need to be a surprise Uh, this movie is not uh, a a gotcha moment this isn't you know he was dead the whole time this movie has a very good linear story because it's a video game uh, style movie and I just felt like when they hit that mark all the way through introducing us to dude who was this bulked up Hulk Hogan esque, uh, you know, version of guy that was created to destroy him specifically. And uh, while the idea, the trope was interesting, it just, I don't know. I I feel like, I feel like that face that Ryan Reynolds put on was, uh, was one of the biggest acting faces he's ever done. I felt like he knew that that, that aspect of the character just wasn't it didn't fit in with the rest of how everything was going. It felt like just a way to get out of the plot and and change things up and then get back to it. So I feel like there could there was a better way to to sidestep away from the plot to give us something as a surprise. It shouldn't have been that. Lost me for a little bit of the movie. This could have been drawn back down to gosh i would say hour hour 40 tops uh, i think they could have made it a cool um 60 plus uh 40 100 minutes right there
0: yeah everything's 2 hours these days yeah and and, and it's really not necessary and in in the wrong setting 2 hours can feel like an eternity it really yes. can if it's just if if the story just isn't there <laughs> for 2 hours then it can make it really drag. So um, I dig that. I buy that. And, and mine's really similar. So I agree with Kirk that the second half was a drag big time. I think that the second half, or, or I guess you could call it the latter third of the movie if you want to be slightly more generous. But the second half drags pretty hard. I feel like one of the main catalysts of that is uh, this movie has a villain problem. I don't think that the Taika Waititi... Villain works um, At all Antoine Is that his name Antoine mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't feel like that works I feel like that was, And I love Taika I, I've i loved Him in pretty much everything that I've ever seen him in and I Think he's a creative genius and one Of the best that we have just didn't work For me I, I thought his acting Was actually kind of bad and I think that that was Just because he was miscast he had a couple funny One-liners where just like the line Itself was funny or he did some Funny like slapsticky Physical acting but uh, a lot of times it was pretty clear that he just wasn't really comfortable in that role uh, because it's not the kind of role that he tends to play and um, it didn't work. And, and, and I think that the, the dude character that you called out got introduced way too late in the movie and just didn't feel significant enough. And, and so it wasn't really like a credible threat. So, so their ability to like, create conflict in this movie was they struggled they struggled to create conflict, and I don't know if they had to try as hard as they did to create it. I think they could have gone with a slightly simpler approach and still made the stakes feel high because, you know, the stakes are ultimately that Guy could disappear, and, and we learn that he's like this artificially intelligent being, you know, the first of his kind and one that is deeply compassionate and things like that. That's really enough. We don't really need, you know... More, we don't need uh you know some weird bulked up supervillain. We don't really need Antoine. Like there, there are ways to get around that. I think that are smarter. Um, so I think I think one of the main reasons the second half struggles is because, like you said, the movie's too long, but also just that they didn't have effective tools for um, kind of driving that conflict or creating that conflict. Uh, I think they could have been a little bit more thoughtful than they were with that. I have no doubt that they were trying their hardest to to make it work, but it just, for for my money, it sort of fell flat for me. So that's mm-hmm. that's my director's shoes.
1: Yeah, what's funny is I thought um, Taika Waititi was, uh, I, I loved him in this role. I did like all of his choices, but you're right, there was still this dissonance from that into the actual video game. I I do appreciate that they didn't have him jump in a la, you know, Al Al G rhythm, uh, you know, Don Cheadle. I'm glad that that didn't happen. That was a good choice not to make him. I'm the villain. I'm going in there myself as my avatar. Um, So that was a good move, but I, yeah, there, there needed to be something else and it could have been strictly a different actor may have been better suited for that. Uh, This, the other thing that I have to say is that there is this, I don't know, like this, um, kind of, requirement to make everything every comedy have such amount of heart these days that it can't just be a gut-busting comedy uh by itself like it it's either it's either a gut-busting comedy because it's raunchy and it's like um like shockingly saying a different you know body parts and ter- other terminology um or it's it's got a lot of great comedy and then it just like sidesteps into a very heavy, heavy love story. And I think there's a place for that. And I think that's why this dragged a little bit more. I think you could have snipped that up a little bit to still give us the the love story first between her and Guy, her creation, her algorithm, her and Keys, and with Keys himself. I still think they could have done that, but just not so not spend so much time on it, you know? Like like, where are the days where let's let's touch it and then let's make you still, like, cry with laughter because of the misdirection in the rest of the movie. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think we've talked about it before. I think the traditional comedy is dead. And because of that, I feel like there is still a balancing act going on for these, like, hybrid comedy movies where if it's not balanced just so, it can feel off-kilter. Um, yeah. It can feel, like, either the heart isn't enough or is overwhelming you know at, an, at any given time so that's that's something i think people are still trying to figure out about this sort of new age where all of these movies that are in a similar genre are expected to be really funny you know um they have a hard time sort of balancing that out so i like that let's go into our final thoughts and scores let's i'm interested to hear what you have to say kirk
1: this one was tough uh mainly because it's only it's been almost exactly 24 hours since we saw the movie we saw late viewing i think we were walking out at the exact time that we are finishing up this part of our (laughs) recording right now that's crazy um i think this is uh i think it's a good it's a good movie i think it's uh, and I think it is just that I don't, I wouldn't call it a film. We haven't talked too much about film versus movie. This movie has all the right pieces. It's very entertaining. It's uh, something that is very rewatchable, you know, uh, bring bring a friend over who you haven't seen in a while and you have some dead time and you love movies like, Hey man, we got to watch free guy. It, you know, came out I mean, this, this, you're going to love it. You know, uh, there's, there's something about it that doesn't, elevate it to that film status, whether it's just, um, strictly it wasn't intended to be, and that's fine. Um, or it missed the mark too much, but regardless, uh, did a really fine job. I'm giving it a 6.9 out of 10 kernels.
0: Yeah. Good score. Good score there. Um, my thoughts are somewhat similar. I think, um, I think overall it's the first half is great. I think it's really well paced. I think it's really well balanced and I actually think the balance in terms of subplots and, and and character dev and things like that holds pretty steady till the end, but it's the it's the pace that suffers as a result of some of the things that we talked about. So I've been going back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. I do think it's really fun. I do think it's I do think it's rewatchable. It's actually a welcome Break. I've been watching, you know, obviously we just watched Suicide Squad for the, for the, um, for the podcast, but I watch like a zillion movies a week and recently have been favoring, um, Alfred Hitchcock and, um, some older films and some heavier films of late. So it was nice to like get a good old fashioned popcorn movie, but, um, you know, I I think, I think it definitely comes in shy of being great. I think there are some things they could have done better. It it was surprisingly good from my perspective. I would watch it again. I would, you know, I would recommend it to somebody if I knew that this was sort of their flavor. I think there are certain people out there who will love a movie like this, um, and, and just really get a kick out of it. And, and I certainly got a kick out of it as well. That's not what I'm trying to say, but, um, the other thing, I, I want to make sure it's clear. Just because I didn't pick Ryan Reynolds as an actor doesn't mean it was like my indictment on his performance. I do think he did a great job. It's just, it's very similar to a lot of the characters that he plays these days, and that's okay. It's okay. It just isn't it isn't something that stretched him out of his comfort zone, but I do think he still brought a lot to the table, and I don't know that there's anybody who could have played this role as well as he did. Um, so... After much deliberation, I'm giving it a seven point one out of ten. Kernels. I thought it was mostly just really fun, <laughs> just really fun, mm-hmm. and, and and there's enough good fun nuggets and enough really funny one-liners to give it that rewatchability that you're talking about, Kirk. So I'm um, going seven one, and I'll live with that. I I <laughs> I, uh, I struggled with it because I I feel like. The pacing thing is big. It's like a big boo-boo, and one that one that hurts the movie in the second half pretty hard. But it's like everything else is pretty good. You know, they right. they really executed what they were trying to do, and it's not like you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, can this please end? And like what they're doing from a plot perspective is sound in terms of like they don't lose the narrative. They just kind of like there's a big momentum shift, so. It, it is a, it is a, it is a decent mistake, but it's you know all things considered. I think it still holds up holds together pretty well to the finish line. so
1: for sure for sure. and some just some good graphics too. I mean, the way you know you can do CGI where it's just like robust, but um, this obviously calls for a lot of CGI because it's a video game. but because of the way they texturized it, the way they colored it, I think this will really stand up well in the future as CGI continues to develop and it will look like a video game. Like you said, like, oh, it looked like Fortnite. Like people look back on this in 20 years like, dude, Fortnite must have been big when this movie came out, you know, like or Fortnite version five or whatever they're on, you know. So I I think overall it really was meant to be entertaining and it did its job. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right, well that's Free Guy. You have to go to the theaters to catch that one right now like we talked about. It's not available available on VOD. If you loved Free Guy and you saw it, let us know. If you hated it, let us know. But if you loved it, I've got some good news. Ryan Reynolds did say that Disney is interested in a sequel to this film. So, we could be seeing more of Guy and uh you know, not Free City based on the way that the the movie ended, but some more shenanigans with him and Lil Rel Howard and Howry and 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 everybody else who's in that film. So that's
1: right. In uh, what do they call it? Free Life, I think is the Free is Life. The new game. Yeah, yes.
0: I think that's right. I think that's right. So that's Free Guy. That's our review. Make sure to go check that out um, if you haven't already. So that's all we've got for you. Like we said, Spilled Popcorn will be coming your way in a couple of days as well. So if you haven't watched What If, there's an episode dropping tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, August 18th, so make sure you watch the first two episodes before you listen to Spilled Popcorn, because we're going to be spilling it all there, Um, and I don't know what we're reviewing next week, I'm leaning towards Reminiscence, maybe it will be Paw Patrol, I don't really know, but I'm sure Kirk and I will both be forced to watch Paw Patrol this week, and I shouldn't say forced, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to sharing that experience with my kid, because he, he loves Paw Patrol, so... It's going to be very exciting. Um, but we'll keep you posted on what we'll be reviewing. But until then, we're glad to have Kirk back, even despite his antics. And glad to have you all all back with us. And we'll return to the stream next week. But until then, a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and Rhetoric, the creators of our original music you're about to hear right now. We will talk to you guys very soon. Goodbye.